Beloveds, welcome back to this special Ash Wednesday episode of The Word is Resistance, the podcast where we're exploring what our Christian sacred texts have to teach us about living, surviving, even thriving in the context of empire, tyranny, violence, and repression, the times in which we are living today. What do our sacred stories have to teach us as white folks about our role in resistance, in showing up, in liberation? We are building up a new world. This live recording of Dr. Vincent Harding's Song for the Freedom Movement is from a multiracial group of activists and musicians in Denver, Colorado, who come together occasionally for movement choir practice to bring singing back into direct actions and other movement spaces. This particular choir practice is from December 2014, being led by Minister Daryl J. Walker. We are deeply grateful to the Freeney Harding family for letting us use the song for this podcast. I'm Reverend Ann Dunlap, back with you again today. I'm a UCC pastor in the place currently called Denver, Colorado, here on Cheyenne and Arapaho land, and the faith coordinator for Showing Up for Racial Justice, or SURGE, nationally. This podcast is a project of SURGE faith and SURGE action, and is particularly designed for white people, white people talking to other white people about race and white supremacy. We believe white people like us, like me, have a responsibility to commit ourselves to resisting white supremacy to speaking up and showing up and disrupting white supremacy where we find it, including in our own Christian tradition. We'd love to hear from you and especially from folks of color about how we're doing. The word is resistance. with much observance around Ash Wednesday. I think I knew what it was, but we didn't have a special service or anything like that. The first Ash Wednesday I really remember was about 23, 24 years ago when we were living in Tucson. We were in a feminist study group that started around Lent, reading together theologians and scholars like Dolores Williams and Bell Hooks, That was my introduction to interlocking systems of domination, in Bell Hooks' words, that really began a whole journey for me of deconstruction and dismantling and rebuilding, a journey I am obviously still on. At any rate, we met on Wednesdays, and maybe that was even the first meeting, when one of the women said, it's Ash Wednesday, and we went outside under the clear desert sky and she scooped up some dirt from the churchyard and danced around the circle marking our foreheads, not with a cross, but a circle. You're made of the same stuff as the stars, she said. You're stardust. I felt whole and loved and precious. Ever since, there is something about the ritual of remembering our humanness, our fallible, frail, resilient humanness, marked with ash and oil and dirt on our foreheads, that I find very moving. 
I should say, in my experience, I've not ever participated in an Ash Wednesday service that was heavy on human sinfulness or a bashing of our mistakes and errors that's full of guilt and shame, a kind of ritual of reminding us that we're so terrible and depraved and thank God we're saved because humans are so awful. I'm not interested in that. No. We're stardust. Stuff of the earth. Stuff of the universe. And yes, we are imperfect. And yes, accountability for harm is important. So I've come to see Ash Wednesday as a ritual for holding the complexity of being human that invites us back into wholeness. Not perfection, but wholeness. That's what I see in the text for Ash Wednesday this year. A call to return to wholeness. A call to return back to the divine from the paths we've strayed down towards injustice, towards oppression, towards isolation, towards performative piety, towards harm, towards greed, towards forgetting what is divine, what is sacred. Ash Wednesday is the call to return to wholeness, a wholeness that is justice, that is solidarity, that is repair and restoration, that is food and shelter and abundance. A wholeness that recognizes that yes, we are imperfect creatures, messy and magnificent, and we do cause harm. A wholeness that offers us accountability, a way to repair harm done rather than being tossed aside. Ash Wednesday is the call to return to wholeness, to remember who we are as humans, to turn and return and start again. Marked with ashes and oil and dirt, we are reminded of the elements we're made of, reminded we're part of the earth, the universe we come from. It's a reminder I think we need as white folks when we forget there is more to us than how whiteness tries to define us and limit us. Why are we here? On this earth, I mean. These are questions I'm always asking myself these days and was asking myself on Ash Wednesday a few years ago while I was working up at the farm. That year, I wrote a reflection I'll share with you now. I offer it as a kind of meditation for us as we open ourselves to the return to wholeness. So if you're able to find some stillness to listen, I invite you to imagine the goat farm the goats making baaing noises around you, chickens clucking and geese honking. It's late afternoon. The sun is about to sink below the ridge in the Rocky Mountain foothills. And, well, there are a variety of different kinds of smells. Imagine. It's Ash Wednesday, and I'm shoveling out a goat barn. I'm pitchfork shoveling out a goat barn and thinking about ashes and earth and muck and mud. I'm thinking about the traditional words of Ash Wednesday, 
Remember you are ashes, and to ashes you shall return. Mostly, I'm thinking about muck. With the big snows we've had lately, the muck is even muckier than usual. It never ends, you know, the muck. We come from this too, don't we? I'm shoveling and thinking about how we come from this stuff that is caked on my knees from holding yearling kids as we adjusted their collars. We come from this stuff too. And I don't really mean that we're muck because we're sinners, no. Just that we're elemental. We're made of the stuff of the earth. Like this muck is the stuff of the earth. And I'm shoveling and I stretch and the spring hinting wind cools off my February sweat. And yes, we are this too. We are made of the stuff of the earth. Air, this wind, this labored pitchfork breath, these snuffle kisses and welcoming bleats from the goats. Fire, these aching muscles, this anointing of goat tails and rooster combs with healing salve, this sky ablaze as the sun sets over the mountains. Water, these slick snow muddy rivulets running downhill, these geese Fred and George splashing with delight, these water buckets filling and spilling so no one thirsts. Earth, this grounded animal love, these mountains, these deer leaping into the pasture, and yes, this unending muck. We are elemental. We are made from all of this. Air, fire, water, earth. The stuff of the earth, of creation, sacred. We are the stuff of the earth, earthy, muddy, breathy bodies that stretch and love and creak and sing and that have limits. Our bodies break, our hearts break. As I take a moment to rest, I think about our fleshy bodies and their limits. We are not robots or machines whose only purpose is to produce, produce, produce. We are fleshy, tender beings here to love, here to be in awe, here to shovel out a goat's barn so they have a clean place to sleep. The goats and chickens and geese are in bed now and I'm sore. I drive down the mountain back into town. I'm thinking about muck and about ashes on my forehead. I need those ashes on my forehead today, marking me, reminding me that I am elemental. I am a tender, fleshy, elemental human being, sacred. I pull into the parking lot of my partner's church and text her, I smell strongly of sweat and barnyard, so she comes outside, and under the light of the waxing crescent moon, she offers me the elements, bread and juice, and then marks my forehead with ashes. She uses the traditional words, 
In my elemental body, though, I hear, remember your muck, and to muck you shall return. May it be so. We are not robots or machines whose only purpose is to produce, produce, produce. We are fleshy, tender beings here to love, here to be in awe, here to shovel out a goat's barn so they have a clean place to sleep. Ashes, dirt, stardust, muck, wholeness. Ash Wednesday is a call to action in itself, right? The call to turn and return, the call, especially in this year's readings, to examine ourselves, individually and collectively, and dismantle oppression and assure that our treasure, that is to say, beloved, liberated, just community, our treasure and our heart are all in the same place. That, as Adrienne Marie Brown says, we are practicing the world we wish to see. That in itself is part of your call to action today. Take time on Ash Wednesday, whether in your backyard or at a church you can trust, to recommit yourself to the divine. Recommit yourself to dismantling all the things that get in the way of everyone being whole and free. The other part of your call to action is connected to the first part. One of the things that gets in the way of everyone being whole and free is anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism has its roots in Christian theology and biblical interpretation, and is a key way that white supremacy is upheld. Lent in particular can be a time when anti-Jewish readings of our sacred text can ramp up. I'm naming this because the Matthew reading for Ash Wednesday this year can tempt us into a false reading about hypocrites, conflating hypocrites with Pharisees and thus with Judaism in general. It sets up a false dichotomy between Jesus' followers, who are the good and right ones, and other Jews, particularly Pharisaic practitioners, who are hypocrites. That's the way we Christians tell it, that Christians have it right. I credit a really smart Twitter thread, as well as the Jewish Annotated New Testament, for reminding me that the issue of hypocrites in Judaism at the time of Jesus was a common concern across the tradition. How do we practice our tradition without just showing off? Pharisees named this, other Jewish people named this, and so it was nothing new or novel that Jesus would also. Jesus was actually participating in a conversation lots of Jews of various types were having. There is actually nothing anti-Jewish here, and certainly, certainly nothing that Christians should be holding over Jews. So as white Christians, Part of the practice of returning to wholeness, of dismantling the things that get in the way of wholeness, is doing the work of dismantling anti-Semitism in our tradition. Especially if you're a preacher dealing with the often challenging texts of Lent, this is crucial work not only to address anti-Semitism itself, 
but also the way anti-Semitism upholds white supremacy. If this is new to you or you just want to do more um, around this, I'm putting a bunch of resources for you in the transcript, including the link to the webinar we at Surge just held about this this week. So you can also find all of these on our website, showingupforracialjustice.org. Uh, showing Go to Programs and then Surge Faith and you'll find it. Thanks, as always, for joining me from wherever you are on this good earth. Let us know how your action goes. We'd love to hear from you by commenting on our SoundCloud or Facebook pages. And be sure to give us a like or rate us um, on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Next week, John Bergen will be back with a resistance word for us for the first Sunday of Lent. You can find out more about Surge at showingupforracialjustice.org, and our podcast lives at SoundCloud. Search on The Word is Resistance. You can interact with us there, too, if you have questions or need help with action ideas. Transcripts are available also on our website, which include references, resources, and action links. And finally, a huge thanks, as always, to our sound editor this week, Maxwell Pearl. Max, I'm so grateful for you always, and thank you for doing double duty this week. Blessings to you in all that you do to resist injustice and in all that you do to build up a new world. Remember you are stardust. Remember you are elemental. Remember you are whole and to wholeness you shall return. Love and liberation, beloveds. Love and liberation. Until next time, I'm Reverend Ann Dunlap.